Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey, welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. Uh, it's a great afternoon and a little rainy here in Michigan. But listen, you know, one of the best things about having a TV show uh, like uh, Freightways Truck Tech is the opportunity to step back and look at stories that, you know, maybe we've written about it, maybe even a few weeks ago. And we did that in with the subject of today's show, which was the uh, announcement by uh, Lowe's that it was going to buy 800, up to 800 of the Kodiak driver systems, autonomous trucking systems from Kodiak Robotics. And we're really fortunate today to have uh, both Don Burnett, the CEO of Kodiak, as well as Brett Suma, the CEO and founder of Loadsmith, uh, on the show. Um, we're going to bring them on in just a couple minutes and kind of pick up where that story left off a few weeks ago and uh, sort of look at, uh, you know, kind of what's happening. Maybe not a lot has changed, but it's a great opportunity to engage both of them on that. Before we do that, I just have a couple of headlines uh, for you. Um, interestingly enough, we are looking again at um, the idea of electric uh, battery swapping. Uh, this is something we mentioned last week in the Truck Tech newsletter about a, a Photon Daimler, the joint venture in China, was that they were going to start working on swapping out batteries for electric trucks over there. Uh, it's a, a small project at this point, but something that uh, I asked opportunity to ask Daimler about. And they said, well, it's really not something that that you know we think is going to be big, and they're still saying the same thing. But then this week we find out that Ample, which is a California company, said that they're going to uh, start doing battery swapping on a pilot basis with um, uh, with Mitsubishi Fusho in Japan. Now, interestingly, uh, Mitsubishi Fusho is about eighty nine percent owned by Daimler. Again, Daimler says you know Fuso makes its own decisions about what it wants to do, and you know there's a little more interest right now in Asia than there is um, in the U S for uh, battery swapping, at least on the truck side. Uh, but this was worth noting. Um, also, we see this week that uh, uh, Packard and Toyota are advancing a little bit anyway on the plan to use fuel cells from Toyota in uh, Packard trucks. It was mentioned uh, during the earnings call uh, yesterday uh, by, uh, by Preston Fate, the CEO of Packard, and he just said that, you know, they're advancing the work they're doing. Now, I don't think anything's really changed much, but they are looking at the first of the fuel cells, the, the second generation fuel cell from Toyota uh, going into uh, Kenworth and Peterbilt trucks as soon as uh, late this year. Um, that means that you could see, uh, excuse me, in 2024, not this year. Uh, that means you could see the return of Kenworth and now Peterbilt uh, fuel cell trucks, which uh, Kenworth had a project with Toyota for a couple of years that ran in the ports out around Los Angeles. Um, these would be commercial uh, units. Um, Preston Fate puts it somewhere in the hundreds of units. So let's see what happens there. Finally, um, this week, we uh, see that Cummins is not forgetting its roots. Cummins is an engine maker, first and foremost. They spent a lot more time in the last year or so talking about new power and now what they call Acela, which is their uh, rebranding of the new power division. 
that uh, you know works on uh, electrolyzers for making hydrogen and and uh, you know is taking a big chunk of the business from Meritor that that Cummins purchased last year to make uh, fully integrated uh, electric chassis. But this is the traditional business, and and there's a big number associated with it, $347 million that uh, that Cummins is getting from the U.S. Army to do certain engines, um, both on new and remanufactured engines for the Department of Defense. This pro- program or this t- contract uh, lasts out through 2028, and it is uh, interesting that Cummins apparently was the only bidder for it, so good for them. Okay, let's get on to the show. You know, I'm really happy Don Burnett's been on our airwaves many times, and we're happy to have him back. Um, I think Brett, you probably, Brett Suma probably has been on as well, not with me. So guys, thanks very much for coming on Truck Tech today. Oh, Alan, thank you for having us. I don't know if Don, we can hear you. Don, can we hear you? I get up, check your fire, buddy. (laughs) He's always better when you can hear him. Uh Uh-oh, he just left. Brett, we're going to talk. Listen. Um, I'm really glad to have you guys. You know, it was uh, just a few weeks ago that you announced this uh, pretty big deal. And I think, Brett, one of the bigger deals that, that you've put forward, certainly your arrangement um, with Wabash uh, for all these trailers, 6,000 trailers, I think it is, that, that you plan to, to get from them. Um, but maybe you could just give us or give the audience a bit of a read on, on your digital brokerage, where it came from and, and things like that. Just a, a quick summary, maybe. Yeah, I think when we when we started Loadsmith, we really felt that we could build a business, um, you know, in about in about four or five different building blocks. One of them was to just build a network of freight. The second was to build uh, a tech stack that could optimize that freight, deliver that freight to our carriers. You know, fourth was well, I guess third ish, fourth ish was then then bringing in a, a, an agreement with Wabash on trailers. It's a significant agreement for us, significant for our customers. And then being able to partner with Don and, and Kodiak to kind of close the entire loop of what our ecosystem is is going to be um, from a very powerful first and last mile local job position to an autonomous middle mile deploying 6,000 trucks and, and 800, or excuse me, 6,000 trailers and 800 trucks in that network of, of freight that we've designed. Well, you've got to be considered a leader right now. We haven't heard of anybody doing anything quite as extensive. There's been there's been some talk, and obviously, you know, your first partner in this was was too simple, and uh, we can talk about that in a moment. But you know, they had signed up a, a lot of reservations for trucks and things like that. They're now looking at significant uh, strategic alternatives. I think they call it for what to do with the U.S. business and whether to stay in or not. But um, it's interesting that no one has come out and said they're going to do what you're doing at this point. Uh, that's either very, very brave or something that maybe others just want to watch and see. What do you think's happening there? Uh, well, when, when I first started and, and launched Loadsmith with, with my partners, uh, most people thought we were crazy because we had no freight brokerage experience. We hadn't really, uh, you know, showed our hand at that point. Um, and at the time I was told, uh, by, a really heavily influential person in our business that we were five years too late to the freight brokerage game, meaning that he felt that we we had missed our window to start a freight brokerage. Now, of course, he didn't know what our plans were. Um, incidentally, that same individual, when our announcement came out about autonomous, told us that we were about five years too early for that. Um, so I feel like I'm five years too late and five years too early. I feel like I'm right on time. Um, right we, well, we feel we're right on time. We feel that and when I hear people say, oh, well, it's not until the end of the decade, um, I say, well, you only have seven years. 
um, there's a lot that has to be done in order for us to be ready, not, not to mention all of the work that has to be done in the regulatory environment and then on the technology side and Don and his team. Um, we have to do a tremendous amount. And so uh, we don't feel like we're early. Uh, we don't feel like we're behind though. And so though that we feel like we're in a great spot because we're not, we're not late to the party um, and, and we're actually probably a little bit ahead. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, you know, you've got a lot of background. I see Don's back with us. Don, speak. Tell us where you're here. Are you really here? Yeah, I'm, he- I'm here now. Can you hear me? Perfect. Yeah. I feel like I missed we half got the you. conversation. No, no, it's just a couple Sorry of questions. That. We'll get you. We'll get to you in a minute. Brett, I, I just want to ask you, though, you know, one of the things that you did at all those years at, at night uh, before you started this uh, business was obviously worked on routes and knew about routes and knew what the routes were and things like that. Can you provide any kind of preview of what makes a lot of sense? Uh, Don, you know, you're running in Texas right now, and that's presumably where you'll start when when you do uh, get to driverless. Um, but, Brett, where are, the, where are the routes that make the most sense in terms of running middle mile, hub to hub kind of things? Um, well, if we really wanted to get geeky, I could turn the computer around to show you the spreadsheet that's in front of me. Uh, but, but, but we have been um, working on and building the, the Loadsmith Freight Network for the deployment of autonomous. Um, when you look at uh, lanes that are viable autonomous lanes, uh, they have to have some characteristics in regard to density. They have to have characteristics that work from a technology perspective. And so uh, Don and his team, um, special shout out to Raj, who I love working with at Kodiak on lanes and an understanding of, of lanes. So our lanes have to work from a density perspective. They have to work from a unit economic perspective. And then on from Don's perspective, they have to work from the te- technological, of course, and then also the regulatory. So there's a bunch of different things that have to occur. Now, my particular viewpoint on the the deployment of autonomous, and you can accomplish it in a lot of different ways. And and every time I have a meeting with with Kodiak and their team, we uncover more ways to 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 automate uh, segments. But really, it comes down to what is the 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 optimization of the network, what is the utilization ability of the truck, um, and then how do you back into that, and then then. After you figure that out, you can decide, well, do the unit economics work um, depending on, you know, where where we end up from a cost basis perspective. And so from my perspective, you know, an eight and two split is about the perfect um, length of haul time in order for the truck to be optimized. And what I mean by that is running for eight hours and then two hours in between. That would put you at a length of haul roughly around 400 plus or minus. Now that's an average. So you're going to have some lanes that are less and some lanes that are more. You're going to have the ability to relay along the network as well. And so it gives us a ton of optionality. When I look at what the uptime opportunity of the truck is going to be, um, I look at it as an eight and two. So when you're thinking about that in terms of in the course of a day, um, you know, you're breaking it essentially up the truck's utilization in 10 hour components. So there are some lanes that are, you know, really, conducive to this. And then there's others that we have to be 
uh, we have to look at and how do we pull the pull the network apart and then build it back together. Um, you so know, I'm, to throw a lane off. You know, my- yeah, let me ask you, Brett. Before I get to Don, uh, I presume density has a lot to do with that. You don't you don't want to be running something you know once or even twice. You want to keep these lanes flowing back and forth and and just keep a lot of freight moving. Is that I'm sure right? Density and unit economics are the most important components. Okay, great. Don, welcome back. Good to have you. Listen, I, it's I wanna... great to be here, Alan. I'm so glad I get to be part of the conversation. <laughs> and you shall. I'm not going to cheat you. I promise. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you, Don. Um, you know, this is like, again one of the bigger. You know, I cover the space. You know that. And this is one of the bigger announcements that I see, and it's why we wanted to do the show. How did it come to? Together. I know Brett's got some pretty interesting thoughts, but but you really weren't directly involved originally, were you? Not originally. I mean, you uh, Brett was was meeting with with the broader team. We have a, a great commercialization team. Uh, Michael Wiesinger is heading up our commercialization round. I know uh, he had some conversations with James. We actually met at the Steeple Conference back in January of this year, so we were pretty pretty uh, you know involved pretty early on. Uh, I, I was involved pretty early on, and we've always been excited about the vision that uh, Brett has had for uh, for his network. And yeah, just really excited to be a part of it. You, uh, uh, Brett, you you mentioned that that James Reed joining uh, Kodiak was a big part of this for you. I mean, you were kind of a fan of his when he was at USA Truck, and and uh, you know, sort of him being at Kodiak was what uh, I'll let you describe it. Well, I think, I mean, James and I have lived in parallel worlds for probably 20 years, meaning we never met, but knew of each other. Um, after I met James, come to find out he was really good friends with my brother-in-law at one point, um, where they used to live in the same neighborhood. Um, so he and I have lived in parallel and in the trucking world, when you live in parallel and then you get into the room together for the first time, um, all of a sudden you start talking and it's almost like your, your, your brains just become one. And I think that's what really happened with James and I when we met for the first time at Manifest um, in Las Vegas. And then subsequently, the following week, we're at the Stiefel Conference where I got to meet Don. Um, and Don and James and, and Michael were gracious enough to invite me to have dinner with them. And we just talked. And once we started talking, um, he probably couldn't get me to shut up about network design. Um, but when we, it, it just made so much sense in regard to how we were thinking about things and then how Kodiak was thinking. So, Don, uh, you know, I've asked you this before, and I think your answer is probably going to be very similar, if not the same. You're a consistent guy. But when you got to doing up to 800 Kodiak drivers for, for Brett, um, that requires a certain level of sort of automotive uh, grade quality. You're not going to be making these in your own shop and, you know, churning them out uh, like elves in, a, in Santa's workshop. This is something that, you know, one of your competitors who is still pretty viable, you know, signed now with, 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 um, with, with Continental, uh, you know, for, for hard, hardened, uh, software, hardened software and hardware, I guess. What are you, th- what's your thinking? I mean, you're talking to people. What are you doing about making sure that you've got, you know, automotive grade? Well, if you know any elves who can help out, we always appreciate additional, you know, additional help at, at the company, but more, more seriously, we, we've been working at this for, for many years, and uh, we've driven over 2 million miles with our system. As you know, we work very closely with the Tier 1 suppliers in the industry, folks like Bendix and ZF and, and Cummins on the engine side and others. Uh, we design our own 
safety critical control com- compute. So we we have designed our own compute system in house, the one that's I- I- in responsible for the safety envelope of the vehicle. But of course, we have contract manufacturers that we work with. We haven't announced them by name, but we have contract manufacturers that we work with that build up our units, that install these units on the truck, that outfit our trucks today. So even today, we're not building things in-house, even as we do R&D, and we're looking to scale that with contract manufacturers going forward. So we feel like we're on a really good path. Uh, we've, we're five generations into the design and testing of our system, and that is that gives us a lot of experience to be able to put out a product that is going to be reliable. It's going to have the redundancy necessary, et cetera. So, you know, that there are voices in this industry, in the autonomous space and and at OEMs and so forth that say the quote unquote only way to successfully do what you're doing is to have an OEM partner on the redundant chassis. We've talked about this before. I know what you're going to say, but I want the audience to hear it too. Is that critical (laughs) or not? It's absolutely critical. At the, at the end of the day, this is this is a technology that can only get to get to scale through the OEMs. And what I've always said is that in the long run, OEMs are going to provide the virtual drivers that the customers are asking for. And if you actually talk to folks in the industry, like Brett, we have on this call, I think there is a compelling demand for the Kodiak driver system. And ultimately, I believe that the Kodiak driver will be offered on numerous OEM platforms. The question is really about timeline. It takes a long time to get this type of technology onto an OEM platform, onto an assembly line where you can just order it from the factory. And the fact of the matter is, we're several years away from that, I believe. And so we have been always working on uh, an independent, fully redundant path. And we think that that's the right way to get started. And ultimately, this technology will be available on OEM platforms. Uh, Brad, when you were working with Too Simple, um, they were partners at the time with Navistar and with International. They were looking at, at you know, working on an LT, International LT to basically become the fully redundant chassis. That work ended last year. You know, they went their separate ways, as did you. I mean, you you moved over to Kodiak uh, as as your uh, partner. Um, is Navistar, since it doesn't have anybody right now, are they a good candidate to sort of be that redundant chassis for you, Don? I think they're a great they're a great candidate. And like I said, I think we, we'd ultimately expect to be available on all of the OEM platforms because the demand is going to be driven by the industry itself. The demand is going to be driven by the customers. I'm not sure, it, you know, I, I can't speak for Navistar specifically, uh, but we definitely uh, are in contact with them. We've had, we've had communications and, and conversations with them. And uh, obviously, we continue to work through our, our OEM and Tier 1 supplier a plan as we go. We don't have anything to announce on the air today, but absolutely. I think Navistar has done a lot of work clearly with the Two Simple team and, and they've been working at it for many years. And I think that they're definitely a viable a viable platform for a virtual driver like the Kodiak driver. Okay. Guys, this one comes to both of you because as as private businesses, you know, you don't have to tell us anything and you probably won't uh, about finances. But uh, but Brad, you said that you sort of started your business with some family money and had things like that done. You've had a couple of rounds, an A round and a, and a B round. Um, give me a sense because I ask everybody that comes on the show that isn't, you know, a legacy auto company, uh, you know, our trucking company, 
you know, how's how's your runaway look at where where are you? Do you have what you need? And Don, let's start with you because it's been since 2021 since you know pilot backed your B route. Absolutely. Well, I'll give you my my typical answer is we we don't talk about unannounced financing as you know. I would say we're in a very strong position, right? Just because we haven't announced fundraising doesn't mean we haven't been fundraising or we haven't brought in additional capital. There's there's always you know strategies involved and in, and those kinds of announcements. But you know you just saw last last week Aurora raised eight hundred and twenty million dollars in the public markets. I think that's a fantastic sign. I mean, hats off to to Aurora for extending their their own runway. Obviously, they have a significantly higher burn than we do. And so we don't need or require that type of capital to get to where we're going. But we will need to raise more. I think it's a great sign that the public markets are willing to support this technology. I think that's a great sign for public uh, private investors who are interested in Kodiak. Um, so no no official plans to, to announce anything today, but we're definitely keeping a mindful eye. And we feel like we have the sufficient runway to, to get to our goals, to get to driverless and ultimately deploy this. We're at 6,000 trailers cost a fair amount of money. Um, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I think, I think, you know, first we have to remember that Loadsmith is a standalone profitable business. Um, and we have been uh, since day one. So the fact that we, that we operate a profitable business, um, you know, and, and then our ability to do that in a very measured way, I think one of the things that I appreciate most about Don and his team is their capital efficiency. Um, I would say that, that Loadsmith shares in that from a capital efficiency perspective. Um, and, you know, so for, you know, for our plans, look, we have made very calculated, uh, deliberate partnerships with uh, various different people and our agreement with Wabash, 6,000 trailers is a lot of trailers, there's no doubt. Um, but it's a very, very good agreement for Loadsmith and ultimately for our customers and ultimately for the drivers that are hauling those trailers. Um, they're beautiful trailers and I love seeing them when I'm, when I'm on the 70 and, and they're, they're driving. I, I love seeing them. They, it, it brightens up my day every day I see one. Um, but from a capital efficiency perspective, we're going to continue to build a profitable business. Um, and part of that is going to be to continue to push the envelope uh, uh, in regard to what does the future look like and how can we build into that future and really be first uh, building into that, which is why we've we've made such a, a a bold move with with Kodiak. And and to your point, eight hundred is a big number. Um, I think that's a small number in the grand scheme of things. Um, I hope Don is happy to hear that. But I think that that number is just the starting place for us. Um, and you know, we look to have a very very long relationship uh, with them. And you know, will Loadsmith at some point in time raise money? Perhaps we will. Um, it just depends on how quickly we want to get to where, where we're going. Um, for right now, we have a lot of work that we can be doing that's not capital intensive. Um, and so we can just continue to build our business, build our network. Um, you know, one really for us, it's one salesperson at a time. So every business development person that we're able to, to, to go out and we have very high standards in terms of that. Um, but when we go out and find the right person. Um, that wants to come in and understand from from what our strategy is and help build our freight network. That's all we have to continue doing is what we've been doing. We have to build along the way, um, but Don's not ready for us today. Um, and so that's what I was alluding to earlier is that we have a tremendous amount of work that we need to be doing on our side as well um, in order to be ready for it. 
Okay, guys, we've got, call it 20 seconds each if you can do this. Give me a read on where the shakeout in autonomous is right now. Don, I'm going to start with you, okay? Yeah, it's a really interesting time in autonomous, particularly autonomous trucking, right? You had Embark shutting down. You have Too Simple announcing just a couple of weeks ago that they're going to be selling off their U.S. assets to focus on the China market. I believe, if I'm, if, if I'm not mistaken, that while we've been on this call, Waymo actually just announced that they're officially shutting down their trucking program. Of course, there were some rumors about that for the last several months. And that really leaves Kodiak and Aurora out, out in front in terms of uh, the truck AV trucking companies that have made substantial progress. We think that's a testament to the quality of team that we've, we've built and the quality of product that we, we put out of the market, right? It's the customer service that we offer our partners and the way that we approach this industry. We don't know everything. We rely on our partners to, to learn how to build this product the right way to meet their needs. And that really resonates. So I think we, we build superior technology. Uh, people can see that it, when, they, when they experience it. And at the end of the day, I think Kodiak is, is really at the forefront of this industry and, and we're here to stay. Okay, well, I'll check on that, that Waymo thing and see if you're right. Guys, I don't have more time today. Thank you so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, next week, uh, folks, we will uh, be back with a new show. Uh, you can find us. Um, our new home now is the FreightWaves channel at YouTube. You can do a playlist and find all the Truck Tech episodes. This is our 25th today, so we're very happy about that. That's kind of a nice milestone for us. Again, my thanks to Don Burnett and Brett Suma. We'll see you next week.